Welcome to yet another edition of Hit the Target podcast. I'm Brian Neiker. I'm substituting this week for Jesse Nagel. So I'm joined this week by Nigel Neiker and Mnebo Mpongose. How are you feeling, guys? How's it, Brian? Nice. Um, yeah, all good. Thank you for having me once again, Brian. Sure, sure. It's, it's always good to see you. Um, this weekend, we've got some, some great action. I think it's headlined by City and Man United. I'm not sure how much of a football game is there. <laughs> um, this is a big game for United um, and also for City, who, who, who had a recent blip against um, Tottenham. And United would, will, will probably analyze the way Spurs played against Manchester City in that game. It's very similar to the style they like to inflict um, against teams that like to hog possession. So it's like counter-attacking football a bit. I know Conte denied they were counter-attacking against Manchester City in that game, um, but they honestly were. And I think United are still one of the best sides for counter-attacking in the league and our fixtures against Manchester City haven't been horrible, so I still think this will be a top fixture. Yeah. You, Nigel, how are you feeling about this game? Yeah, I think just like Mlebo said, they, um, United have done well against City in the past before. I think last season they beat them 2 0 at the Etihad as well. So um, uh, getting results against the uh, City, against their rivals, it's not too unfamiliar for them. So, um, yeah, and especially with the context of the top four, you know, they've had some poor results as of late. So. They will want to push for a result against City. Yeah, definitely. Speaking about the top four, I think let's get straight into the action. Uh, Leicester City have been below the average, below par. Let's say that to keep some respect. Um, Jesse March, he matches with his Leeds team as new manager to the King Power. How you see that one going? Um, yeah, Jesse March doesn't have much experience in the in the top <laughs> leagues, you know. Um, yes, he had that spell with with RP Leipzig, but it didn't last that long. It was, you know, it was a very short stint. So it would be interesting to see a a former assistant of Ralph Rangnick. Um, seeing a lot of these type of coaches coming to the Premier League now, um, it's going to be a, a culture reset. I know, I know Leeds um, said he's he's only. Um, job for this season is to make sure they survive you know they stay in the Premier League for the next season um, and it's going to be tough because they've gotten someone who doesn't have experience um, of, of the Premier League and they're coming against a team that is really against the ropes um, or has been against the ropes in, in recent weeks but they are trying to turn the corner they're trying to like get some top some sort of consistency in their in their gameplay and that is Leicester City and honestly it will be interesting to see how the American does but um, on this fixture, I think Leicester will come on top. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, I think um, Leeds, personally, I think they don't have enough quality. Even if Leicester are struggling, I still see a few key players like Ndidi, um, Fadi is back. So I think they have more quality. How you see this one going, Nash? Uh Look, it's going to be a tough ask for Leeds. Um, just, you know, to turn the corner and... Uh, get out of the rut that they're in. Um, especially, um, they like to play a very expansive type brand of football. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they now try to navigate the rest of the season in terms of, you know, setting up shop and trying to get results, picking up points to get them out of this relegation zone. Yeah. I think the early kickoff is always, uh, the draw is a runner in this one. But I think last time Leeds played the early kickoff, Spurs were 3-0 up at half an hour. So I'm I'm sitting with a level in this one. I'm going with Leicester. Uh, next we have 
Steven Gerrard and Ralph Hazenertl going locking horns there at Villa Park when Villa take on Southampton. How you see this one going, Nash? Um, look, it's uh, uh, it looks like it'll be an entertaining game. Uh, Villa and Southampton both play good football, attractive football, and um, they're both on the up at the moment, getting some positive results with it. respective coaches so it look, looks like it's going to be an entertaining game maybe you can expect some goals maybe um each team to score definitely definitely uh-huh. I, i jump straight into the prediction I, i agree with you both teams to score i think with the way villa and and sarampton play exactly how you said expansive they both look to entertain their fans to they've got quality attackers i think amando broja is is in firing form uh if you got coutinho pulling the strings for Or Villa team, I mm. think they're going to be very dangerous. Um, who are you siding with in Clever? Oh, it's going to be a tough game because um, the work that has been done by Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa has been, you know, really good. I know they, they, they've gone through sort of a phase now where they haven't been winning all the games they've been playing, um, drawing some of them. So it'll be a, a tough ask for them. I think this will be a, a tougher match for Aston Villa as a more than southern ten i mean southern ten are flying right now um i don't know when they last tasted um a loss in the league so it would be a, a, i honestly think it would be a tougher match for aston villa to win um i don't know who who's home in the game who's home in Villa, the game? Villa. Villa, villa home but being the home team honestly um i think they might have enough in the tank to to go to go for it you know maybe at a a draw with goals like you guys are saying um But yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I'm sitting on the fence for a result in this one. I'd say both teams to score. I see this game, either side could win it 2-1. So next up is my banker of the weekend where Brentford travel to Carroll Road, take on Norwich. So I'm very confident in Brentford in this one. They, they, Christian Eriksen is back. I think that's a massive lift for for the dressing room, for for everyone involved in the club where his quality I, i remember that season where he was just laying it on the plate for hurricane and hurricane was going that year season and uh, he went on for like two or three season spell and then when he left spurs it was a big hole there and then kane stopped getting that service i'm really excited to see him in a white and red striped shirt that this week uh, i'm going banker how confident are you I'm not confident probably. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting that confidence from. <laughs> um yes, Eriksen is back, bro, and I think for a striker like um is it Ivan Tony, yeah, Tony, he'll be happy to have a number 10 like that in the team. But that's not saying Brentford were lacking in creativity. I think they are one of the most creative teams in the league. Um they just lack a bit of killer instinct which is basically awkward for Tony but I think it needs a bit of help in there I don't think they have they they've had enough experience to stay um at the I won't say at the top but you know at the level they were at at the beginning of the season um they they've sort of failed to remain on that level so maybe having a guy like Eriksen who injects that extra experience to to like just you know push a bit of consistency win win some games now because they've been in a terrible run you know they've 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 lost four in their last five games for me that is a terrible run um and then they come against a Norwich team which is 20th on the log but honestly if you've seen their performances you know they are almost similar and they're still they're adventurous like Brentford so in in this game it will be a tough it will be a tough game for Brentford honestly um 
yeah, it's going to be a tough one, but I, I, I will go with them. I will go with them. Yes, they, they might just win just, just. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going banker, Nigel, because I think uh, David Raya is my man. Uh, we felt it when, when he wasn't there for Brentford. I saw the results wasn't there, the defense, the cohesion between goalkeeper and defense. Uh, it just was lacking and, and Brentford stopped picking up those wins like the, the early stages. But I think this always happens to Premier League teams where they play the first round of 19 games and in the second round of 19 games, everyone knows what they're about, what to expect. So how you see Brentford getting the win over Norwich? Um, yeah, I also think that uh, it'll be a key fixture for Brentford. Um, I think they would have looked at the fixture and said that they are putting all the eggs in one basket and trying to get a result against a, Nor- a struggling Norwich team. Um, also, to talk about the 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 comeback of Christian Eriksen, that will add a lot of um, emotion to the fixture. Um, just coming back from his... Um, uh, medical conditions and being back to playing football. So hopefully that will bring some uh, some more inspiration to the uh, Brentford team and they can get a positive result against Norwich. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually liking the chances. Yeah, I know Dean Smith. He's been buzzing with uh, Norwich since he's come there. But Christian Eriksen, anytime goal scorer, forty eight to ten, or maybe a bit safer, just a straight win. Brentford thirty one to twenty. That's where my money's at. Uh, let's move on. We've got Newcastle taking on Brighton. How are you guys feeling about that one? Newcastle win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Eddie Howe's done a terrific job since he's come in. I think they're unbeaten in seven so far in the last seven games. Um, he's got them scoring goals, playing well as well. So uh, I, I'm also going with Newcastle win. Uh, I'm a massive fan of Joe Warlock. I always liked him, even in Arsenal. So uh, we're all in agreement mm. with that one. Let's go Newcastle. I think the next one we we see Wolves hosting Crystal Palace at the Molyneux. I think on on paper this doesn't seem like the most glamorous fixture, but if you've been watching these two teams over the past two months, I think this is a fantastic game to watch. Um, Wolves they lost a massive fixture when they played the, uh, you guys the the Arsenal game, so it was their chance to to jump into that top four race. You think uh, they recover this week and get the Three points against Crystal Palace. Uh, it will be on their minds to to turn the corner, um, especially just to push for those European places. Um, they are a stubborn team. They don't concede much. Um, and they also look to create good chances with Pudence, um, Jimenez. So, yeah, I think they'll, especially being the home team, they'll, they'll look at it and try to get three points against the Palace team, yeah. Yeah, the skills of Pudence is something to watch. He reminds me so much of South African footballers. Um, Crystal Palace... Uh, Vieras boys, how are you feeling there? Can you back them? Uh, I'm not sure about Crystal Palace, but yeah, they, they, they did well in their last game. I think they won um, their last game. So against Wolves, my only worry about Wolves is Bruno Lodge did something I wasn't expecting last game where he rested his, his, his normal starting um, front three, um, basically swapped them for guys that start on the bench. But those guys struggled against um, Arsenal. Um, and yeah, the game plan just went out the window. Now I'm actually thinking, did you save those players to, for this game? You know, thinking that this is the Crystal Palace game might be the most winnable one. Um, so yeah, Wolves have been playing great football, just 
just as Crystal Palace, um, but being the home team again, I'm 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 gonna have to 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 back them because at home they've been really fantastic this season. They've also been picking up points away from home, um, and I'm hoping that he's gonna go back. He's gonna revert back to his normal starting um XI with Podence playing, um, with Jimenez back in the starting XI as well because those are the guys that have been really driving that that attack line for Wolves this season. I know you'd like uh Palace to to give you all. Uh a win there with Vieira and them, but um, your bet in this game, if you had to put any money on it? I'm thinking maybe draw a bet or I will go with a Wolves home win. I'm also sitting on the fence. I, I actually can't separate these sides, so I'm, I'm saying draw for this one. And next up, there's a lot of issues around Chelsea Football Club. Um, a lot of things out of the football pitch has been affecting them. It's caused um, owner Roman Abramovich to, to sell up and um, it's a huge cloud of confusion around the club, around the players, the coaches, all the staff. So away to Burnley is always a tough match, a tough move. Uh, how much do you think it's going to affect them? Can they still win? Uh, even players like Lukaku, I mean, he's, he got that one goal and then his form has still been not the best. Yeah, look, they're going through something that's unprecedented to, like, to go through what what they're going through with their owner being involved so closely with the Russia war and stuff. It's its really crazy to go through. And uh, I think it kind of showed even last night against a Luton team in the FA Cup where they struggled, but they went down 1-0 and even 2-1. So, um, yeah, maybe it is weighing on the players' minds. Um, but this, look, this could be an opportunity for the players to go out against Burnley and say, hey, you know what? we focusing on the pitch and you know, we have a good season to, to, to push. I think they... They're trying to get top three, top two in the league and they still have the FA Cup to fight for. So, yeah. So, um, Sebo, I think straight after a cup final defeat, uh, a few days later, uh, Bramovic decides to release a statement saying he wants uh, to the Chelsea trustees to, to take over the reins and then now he says he wants to sell up. So, do you see them still winning at Burnley? Um, I, I still see them winning at, at Burnley quite easily, to be quite honest. But my only concern for Chelsea right now is their their inability to to finish the chances they create. They almost remind me of Orlando Pirates. Um, they they create so many chances. Chelsea, you, I think we all saw the game, um, the, the 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 EFL Cup final. Honestly, if we are all honest football watchers, Chelsea should have won that game. Um, if you look at the chances they created, I don't know how many, I think they hit the, the pole twice or something like that, but they, they had three or so one-on-one chances with the goalkeeper that you know Liverpool were going to bury if they had the same chances. So Chelsea right now is just going through a striker thing and they, they've, they've actually been going through a striker thing, guys. They haven't had like a decent striker since... Yo, since Drogba, since like by distance striker, I'm talking about a guy that's going to bang them 25 goals a season. You know, they haven't had that since Drogba left. Um, so right now they have Lukaku, who, who managed to, to score against Luton Town, but he scored one goal. Um, he struggled when he came on against Liverpool. He had that one decent chance, but he was, I think he was offside or something like that. But this Chelsea team right now has to find a way to playing with the striker because I understand what, what, what Guardiola has done. He's sort of improvised at Manchester City playing without a striker. But Chelsea, yes, they've got players like Mason Mounts, like um, 
they're American. Pulisic. Yes, they they can score goals, but they 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 not they are not like how the the citizens do it. You know, like I feel like Manchester City has become used to playing without that number nine striker. While as Chelsea didn't want to play without a striker this season, so it's sort of been like a back and forth thing where they've had to get used to playing with a player like Lukaku or or, or Werner. And then the coach is like, hmm, actually, we play better with a with a, a false striker like Havertz. You know, he's a target target guy up front, but he still like sort of drops into the into the midfield a whole lot more times. So I think Chelsea has to answer that question quickly because teams like Burnley have very good defenses and they will be able to pick up the weak spots in their attack and make sure they they keep a tight line because every point for Burnley right now counts. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Maybe a one nil or two one, but yeah, Chelsea will win it. Yeah, uh, I think Chelsea will be up for a fight, but I also think they win it. I think uh, if you're gonna play Burnley away, I think you're gonna need a player like Lukaku, yeah, a big and definitely. strong against a, a team that's gonna sit back, be rigid, four four two. I think because Burnley has also got that big boy up top, the the Vegas, so he's also gonna test Rudiger and them. So I think it might be one in the air, but I like Lukaku to score. Uh, I might have a small bet on that. Ending of Saturday at Anfield. West Ham will be looking to do the double over Liverpool after winning 3-2 in the first leg. So can they do the double? Um, I don't think so. Especially at Anfield, it would be a really tough ask. Um, also, Liverpool want some revenge after that first defeat at uh, West Ham. So, yeah, and Liverpool have more things on their plate like chasing the league. So... That's extra incentive for them to go out there and just push on for the league title, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Liverpool. You think they can get their revenge, or you think uh, Moyes masterclass? I this will this will be easy revenge for Liverpool, um, but I will say not not very easy, but it will be easy revenge. They'll win the game. They have enough um, in, in 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 their arsenal to win the game. While as West Ham on the other side, as good as they've been this season, I think the only thing they've really lacked is depth. You know, they don't have... The, the, like I was watching Antonio last game, he looked a bit tired, he looked a bit off pace, you know. Um, and Zuma went through his thing, but he's come back strong. He's, he's really strong at the back. Um, and then you've got play, players like Bowen and Lanzini. West Ham are a bit of a predictable team. And it's been a problem for Moyes for, for even, it's, it's, it's an own problem for Moyes. Even at Everton, he had the same issue. He can put out a really strong XI, but they get tired. So he has to change those players. Um, so yeah, I, I, I see Liverpool winning this one. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm going to put my bias aside, but I'm a Man United supporter. But I have to say this first, but I think, uh, honestly, I think Declan Rice and, and Thomas Suchek are one of the best midfield players in the league. And if you're going to beat Liverpool, you need to win that, that midfield battle. So I think maybe if both of them can get stuck in there at Anfield, but Liverpool is in red hot form. <laughs> Liverpool is in red, red hot form. I mean, Diaz, uh, you're looking like where you could fit in players. Like we've got Mane, we've got Salah, uh, Bobby's sitting on the bench. So who do we play? Do we play Diaz and keep Jota on the bench? Or like the injury happened on the weekend where... Um, Thiago Alcantara was forced off and then they bring Naby Keita. I'm thinking they're going to bring maybe Oxlade Chamberlain. So the, the depth is there. It's going to be really yeah. hard to beat Liverpool. Um, I'd say Liverpool win and both to score. What do you think? 
Yeah, um, I, I would go with that as well. I think they'll they'll face a, a tough battle against the West Ham team. They they like to play on the counter, and um, I think they will score as well. But I think Liverpool will have too much for them, as you say, too much depth. And uh, considering Diaz's performance in the cup final last week, he looks red hot. So yeah, I just hope they're tired from two hours of football and that game. Uh, let's move to Sunday's action where the Gunners they travel to Vicarage Road. How confident are you in picking up all three points? Um, Watford have been struggling as of late. And then if you look at Arsenal, they've been on a very good trajectory, pushing for that top four. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say an away win for Arsenal. It won't be that easy because, you know, Watford are fighting for their lives as well. So, um, yeah, maybe slender one or two nil lead, two nil win, one or two nil win. Uh-huh. I think you're being very kind to Watford. <laughs> what do you think, never? Um, I think Nigel's thing about that last game mm-hmm. where where Watford were able to hold United to a draw, but then that's Manchester United. Um, I think, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm going to bring in United into this because Watford played against them um, the other time and they managed to come up with a very valuable point. Um, I think the issue with, with United at, at this point is this Arsenal can actually... Um, Beats these teams, the smaller Nyana teams in the league. Arsenal is just thrashing them, putting them aside. You know, the the lower league teams, the mid mid table teams. Yes, they struggle against the teams that are around them, but they are putting to the sword the other teams that are below them and well below them, like below there, down there in, in in the relegation zone. United struggles against those teams. You know, and that's when you that's that's when you know a team is in is in is in good form when they start winning the games they are meant to be winning mm-hmm. um and with that said i i think i honestly see the the arsenal team beating watford this weekend um ateta set up those youngsters the way they're playing um and they seem to have like a, a genuine um connectivity in in their line between the attacking midfielders and the strikers you know and or rather the the, the attackers i don't know how to 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 call it but because saka is there he's a midfielder but he's scoring goals you know you've got someone like rose smith he's a midfielder but he's scoring goals you know then they have like the experience of lacazette the striker who's who's also like chipping in with a few goals now but the most important role for him is being that linkage up front and he's been doing that really well. I've also heard Ateta saying that Smith Rowe can play the number the number nine role. So it's fun times right now at Arsenal. They know what they're doing. You know, a lot of people were sort of not sure about their move selling um Opemayang who's scoring goals now at Barca. But now we see that it was actually a good move on their side and they they're actually gonna move him along at the end of the season like full on. So it's it Ateta is doing really good work and I think he's he's work is going to continue at Watford this weekend and is going to like show his authority by putting aside another smaller team than them. Yeah. I think Watford just got two dangerous players for me. I think they two of Africa's finest. I think uh, Senegal's Ismail Asa and I think Nigeria's uh, Dennis Simon. Mm. Is that a, I think mm-hmm. it's Simon. So I think they just tried to exploit United with those two players and they kept compact. Um, on the right flank, for for Watford, I, I saw they were trying to overload us. In in mm. the left back, who do you choose between Tavares and, and Tierney? Um, I think Tierney has done really well for Arsenal over the past couple of months. Um, he's managed to get a few games in, a run of games. He's struggled with injury. So, um, yeah, I think Tierney will play. Um, he's 
he's he's a top left back uh, he can attack he can defend he's got it all basically um he's tipped to be a future arsenal captain as well so yeah i, I would rate tierney to play ahead of him um i think dennis is is really strong i wouldn't even mind if tavares plays but personally i also think tierney should be the captain in the future and if you play a, a flat back four he's my my first preference so moving on to the big one at the etihad um Ragnik's first first meeting with Guardiola in the Premier League uh, do you think he has a chance look um i think 2 weeks ago when we sat here and we spoke about the city and spurs game i gave spurs no chance uh to go to the etihad and get a result and if you look at that um they they actually went there and they did got the job done so look city are beatable that just proved that city are beatable um and a team like united who have these big personalities um they're very capable of pulling up a shock result like that that said the city train looks like they are not stopping they're looking like they're a well oiled machine and they 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 do look like they will get the result this weekend yeah i think it's going to take a lot of discipline mm. more of uh, it's opposite i think um when we watched the watford and united game uh city are going to be playing in those man united jerseys and united are going to be playing in those watford jerseys mm. and that's the way the game is going to go we're going to see very little of the ball mm. when we get the ball i think maybe we're going to try and expose them with uh, anthony elanga because i think marcus rashford has been horrible i think he should become a cricket player is is very bad like he couldn't even press at the right times he can't uh, make a simple pass like a 2 meter straight forward no through ball no chipper nothing flat 2 meter pass he can't do it at the moment his confidence is short and i really think the youngsters should play ahead of him like ilanga uh what you think um never no bro I, i agree with you 100% on that on the rashford stand he's been horrible this season no he scored a couple of goals here and there but he just hasn't been the player that we've known as united supporters I'm also a United supporter by the way. Um so <laughs> it's been really bad but at the same time there's been like you know a ray of sunshine with Elanga who who have been really impressed with um I think honestly he's one for the future and yeah it's it's a pity that we we lost another one for the future but at least we have a replacement. Um do I think United has a chance against City? Yes, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, yes, I do think United has a chance against against Manchester City. however they would depend on 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 the back four or the back five whatever it will be um he might go with the back five on this game you know looking at how tottenham played against against manchester city and and i would support a back five with maguire or without maguire honestly guys if we're being honest no one wants that guy in our team <laughs> no one wants that guy but he's there so we, we realistically speaking we all know ralph is going to pick him you know but if if we were in a universe where you know in a in a black in a what is it called black label clash <sighs> universe we could pick a team as friends you know i would honestly not pick that guy even for the bench if it were me but he's going to be there so it's just going to be him varan and hopefully lindelof i think right now our best center backs are lindelof and varan and that 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 center back pairing should be the one he's looking to build on but he's not going to build on the center back pairing um for some reason so i do think it will depend how how the united back line deals with the the interchanging 
um, Manchester City attacking line because the smart thing about Manchester City not playing with the recognized number nine is is that it makes it hard for the centre backs to man mark. You know, at least you know as centre backs, I, I used to play centre back back in the day in high school. Mm. You know, when you get you you know that okay, we're dealing with this you know this guy or these two guys, um, and then there's an attacking midfielder or two that you're gonna watch, and then whoever is flying on the wing, the full backs are there to cover. You know. But now Manchester City, you don't know. You'll find De Bruyne in the left wing. You'll find him on the right wing. You'll find um, Mares playing as a cent- like a central striker. You'll find him playing in midfield. You'll find him there at the right forward position. So it makes it hard for any defense to deal with that. But as Tottenham showed, if you stay compact, if you stick to your to your to your defensive line and and duties, you can. They're beatable. They are beatable. Um, and with United carrying um guys like Elanga, we have the pace to exploit that, that city backline, which in my opinion I think is actually very slow. I think that backline is slow. I know they have a burst of pace with Walker. Walker covers a lot if you if they if if one was to make like a highlight reel of how many times Walker covers with pace, he covers that team so much because um their their left back Cancelo spends a lot of time in midfield and in the number ten role actually as an attacking midfielder. So sometimes when, when there's like an overturn of possession, only Walker can cover because the other two guys, the, the centre-backs, they are not as quick as Walker. He's the one that actually outpaces them to cover runners that are coming in from the flanks. So I, I do think if United get their, 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 their counter-attacking plan right, they might just win this game. Yeah, I think two players have to be on their best for us to win this game. I'm saying us as a as a Man United fan. Uh, going back to centre backs, I think Eric Bailly for me he's the best defender at the club. I know Varane's got all the the trophies, the accolades, or he's played Champions League with a lot of good players. But um, I think the perfect foil for Varane is Eric Bailly. If you look at the Ramos and and Varane combination, yeah. I think uh, maybe back three would uh, buy as someone who sweeps up behind Lindelof and Varane and we let Maguire sit on the bench and enjoy the game, watch the game. There. So, Bruno, anytime goal scorer, 38 to 10, it's a bit of value. I'll, I'll throw something at that if you had to have a bet. Yeah, yes, I, I, would, I was saying that is value, yeah. You, Nigel? Um, I don't think so. You're going uh, on the City? Yeah, I'm going for City. I think they'll be too good for United. I don't know. They'll get the I result. can't blame you. They've got 100 million players like Jack Grealish. We don't even see them. They just go to nightclubs and not to football matches. <laughs> the, um, Monday's got a bit of that Chelsea flavor. Two ex-Chelsea managers, Antonio Conte, Frank Lampard, um, Spurs versus Everton, ending this round off. Um, look, uh, I think Spurs, they, you can't really call Spurs at the moment. They're up and down. Um, I think Lampard, uh, it looks like he's settling in well at Everton. Um, he's got uh, Deli Ali and um, uh, Van der Beek in some good depth in the midfield. He's got a good squad at Everton, so uh, I wouldn't write them off at getting a result there, maybe even a draw result. Uh, I read something about that Spurs is clicking, his team is winning. Conte says these things. Do you see it, but? No. I don't see it because there, there was five games where they lost four and they won one. The one they won was City. So the, I don't see anything. They're currently on two wins in their last five games. So yeah, I'm, honestly, 
they do like when when they when they are on song. Spurs are really like a handful side. So I hope. Well, I can't even hope because I. Well, I do hope because I'm a United supporter. I hope Everton will be able to withstand that. Um, Everton, yeah, but. Looking at the way Everton has played in their last couple of games, guys, I, I don't have the confidence that they will be able to do it. I mean, Van der Beek is playing well with Alan in midfield. Um, and my, my, the only, like, the soft spot for me for Everton is actually their back four. Um, and they've done, they, they, they've had a lot of reinforcements in midfield and in the forward line, but they actually haven't invested a lot of money trying to, like, refresh in that back four. Um, so coming up against a team with with Harry Kane and so on and your Lucas Moras, you know, and even even the left wing back uh, like Cesenio, he's playing really well at, at at Tottenham. So they their defense will be will have to be sharp Everton, especially because they they've been sucked in into that relegation battle and they need a, a result. They need a result in this game. Otherwise, yeah. I think that Everton the the, the midfield I really like that midfield. Yeah. They've got so much of balance. I think uh, you've got Allen there, you've got Decore there, and then Van der Beek yeah, likes to just top. pick and Mitchell distribute. So if they could be on Son, mm. so maybe Spurs, they can get uh, Hung Min Son out of the game and they'll have a better chance. Nigel, if you're having a bet? I'll go with a draw bet for that game, yeah. Yeah, I'm also sitting on the fence. I'll go draw or win draw on, on Spurs. Uh, you see Everton maybe pulling an upset in so guys, let's close up. Um, if any bets you have for the punches this weekend, let's make some money for them. Um, I know bets for me this weekend on the EPL, guys. Let me give you a double. I think Arsenal no and Brentford is working out around three to one. So I'm gonna jump on that. Good luck with your bets, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brian.